0: wow (laughs) welcome (laughs) back to sidebar josen i'm Bree. it's duffy and we are going to be talking about a lot of stuff today so much has happened since the last time we recorded wow like i mean a lot a lot my cup runneth over with with so much (laughs) so much stuff So we're going to dive right into that. Going to forego doing the topic of the day because, I mean, we have so much to talk about already that I think that there's going to be a whole bunch of topics we can pull from that. For sure. For sure. We might make a little sense out of some of this for you, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. So Mm -hmm. thanks for hanging with us and let's get it popping. All right. We (laughs) jostin'. So oh my goodness where to begin Uh, there's a lot to talk about so the best place to begin is with aretha's (laughs) funeral her what now oh god okay so yeah now why don't we just go back from like oldest to the newest stuff because, I mean, there's so much ground to cover, so we're probably going to spend less time on stuff that people have probably talked about and are talked out about, mm-hmm. but we didn't get to talk about, so we're going to do it now. So, yes, Aretha's funeral, it was a smooth eight hours long. Bruh. It did not start on time. Of it, course the, not. The transitions um of course you you know they try and tell people to you have such and such time to speak at the pulpit or this is how much time you have for your song and for the most part i'd say i'd say they they did all right with that um they were behind for a few minutes on some stuff but i mean overall long longest funeral Mm -hmm. to date Is it really? Probably not. I mean, longest funeral service. Because, you know, some people, they have, like, the viewing one day. Yes. Then they have, like, a memoriam. Then they have, like... I mean, I'm not talking about it, like, actually, like, over the course of a few days. But as far as, like, in one day, in one sitting, imagine if you went to someone's funeral and you were told beforehand, make sure that you bring snacks because we're going to be here like it's a regular work day. Right. So... But yeah, I think the service itself was beautiful, um, with the exception of a few things. There were a couple of things that were going on that was very interesting at this funeral. So let's talk about the good parts first, okay. and then let's let's get into the, the trash. Let's talk about my favorite part of having a person who, like, either they were brought up maybe in the... Uh, Civil rights era, maybe they were an adult during that era or Mm -hmm. before. Okay. When our elders, our elders, Mm -hmm. pass on, of course they have these great older choirs. Mm. Yes. Singing like them old spirituals. Yes. And I feel like with those choirs, they they didn't necessarily require you to actually have vocals. All you had to have was the spirit. You just had to have the Holy Spirit running in and up and through and out. Because he speaks through you. You can, you can be someone who can't really sing. Yes. But just put you together with a whole bunch of other people who can hold the note. And it sounds beautiful. Like, there's plenty of choirs like that. Everybody is not a Yolanda Adams. Right. Uh, you know, like, everybody isn't Donnie McClurkin. So. Everybody can't take the lead. Yeah, but I mean. But nonetheless. They sang The down. choir was great. And my favorite part, how you can identify this kind of choir is the shakiness. In the void, are you ta- Are you talking about the there's a there's a term for that? The Is verb- there the vibrato? Yes, like there's with, lots of like, we. Uh, and yes, and yes. We The more your voice shakes, the more I believe that you mean it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it reminds me of my grandmother's church. Oh yeah, yes. My she grandfather went, uh, used to sing like that too. Sh- her church was uh zion second baptist oh that is such a baptist church name yes and my grandmother was in the choir so that just that touched my heart about the funeral god bless our our elders who are still out here singing these like old hymns that have been passed down to them yes i hope that someone is really taking notes and is not letting this bit of spiritual history and culture we can't let it fade out it's, fade just, it's out. so meaningful it got them through the toughest times you know like they really held on to church and things and and the the songs and the sermons and everything that got them over some stuff that we can't even imagine in those in, the, in those particular times so yeah no that right. i think the choir did an awesome job um who was your favorite performer during the i'll tell you what I didn't really enjoy the selections, but we're talking about what we liked, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the selection the there were two people who really sang to me, like who were really in the moment and were singing for Aretha, mm-hmm. and that always touches me at funerals. Okay, so it was Al and Smokey. Al? Yeah. Wait, no, it wasn't Sm- Al, sorry. L, not L, not L. It to say- was Smokey okay. and um Ronald Isley. How about I say, who was Al? I was tripping. <laughs> I was tripping. Who was It was Al? it was Smokey and Ronald Isley because both of them were singing from the heart. They were singing from they were they were in a the moment. They were Really reliving some moments with Aretha when they were singing, and you could just feel it. Okay. Yeah. No. They they were actually people who had a very personal connection to her. Yes. Exactly. And so they were singing from a place that was like way more meaningful. Deep. It wasn't just singing. I'm, it was. I'm, deep. But I'm singing to you, like I'm singing yes. for my friend. I yes. get that. Yes. Um. And not only that, Smokey Robinson. This song, he also sang it in the Temptations movie. That's where I know it from. Okay. Um, and if you don't know, the Temptations movie is my favorite movie. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Right, exactly. <laughs> so when he was like, I miss you, I was like, oh my God. And I cried. <laughs> but that's okay. Okay. Well, Yours. so Yolanda Adams always sends me, like, I mean, she just. Something about her voice yeah. just wakes something up in me. When she... I was anticipating when she was about to hit them Lazarus. Like, no. when she was about to... Like, when she sings, I mean, I pay attention. So, yeah. I always enjoy Alana Adams. And I've got to see her sing live. And I mean, my goodness. So, she was a great for me. I loved that performance. Um, and also, you know, shout out to uh, Paul Morton. Mm-hmm. And so he killed it. Yeah, no, that was um Bishop Paul lessmore and He definitely like that whole just thing. It came together. It was beautiful. Um, my my other two is a toss up between Fantasia and Shaka Khan because I love them both. I think mm-hmm. you know what I'm gonna give it to Fantasia because Fantasia when she kicks off them shoes baby woo! she is ready she is it about is like to... <laughs> she is trying to grab some energy up from the ground when she takes those shoes she's about Every to sing time. you under the pew like okay. you're about to be laid out just ready for the lord to come up and scoop you in his chariot like i, wonder, I always wonder though how low. healthy that is for her voice <laughs> what to, to do those like because all right you know yeah. what sometimes that it's i i like to call it like it's like a be- beautiful holland like they they holler beautiful hollering beautiful hollering like they will holler but it's in such a way that it is like musically just music to my ears like it is coming from a i'm singing for the lord right now and i just want you to feel just how much he has done for me and you gonna hear it in this way that i am shredding my vocal cords shredding, my, <laughs> shredding vocal cords. my vocal cords exactly Strain. oh yes because you know i was like there oh me. you know what too i almost forgot and i can't believe how i almost forgot but the clark sisters yeah
1: it's not a clark mm. sisters
0: performance unless they do about 15 different kinds of runs yes that you have particularly it. karen <laughs> Karen is the queen of runs. I will, I will le- definitely give her that. And, they did some runs too. Ooh, they be running. They be running. But yeah, they like, ran. The music it was good. Um, even Ariana Grande, she she did like a really good job. We were talking about last time how my honey does not enunciate. And I said it right this time. <laughs> so pronunciate. Pronunciate was a mistake. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a mistake. But um she she has a lovely voice. But let's use this as a good segue into the trash. You can't tell Speaking me uh that Ariana this man Garnier. What is his name? Charles H. Ellis the, the third. third. Bishop Bartholomew. Char- Barth Bartholomew. I, I put oh, that in there. Girl. <laughs> but um You can't tell me that he didn't know that his hand was on her breast. Because let me tell you something about the female anatomy. You know where a titty is. Titties feel different than anything else that you can touch. If you under any woman's armpit, you know the next thing further up is her breast. Even my fat that's on my stomach right here, it don't feel like this titty. It don't feel like titty meat. So you can't tell me that you... Like, he, he knew... And the people who were defending him and saying, "Oh, well, it was a mistake." You can see the niggas' fingers like pressing into the spot. Like, what he are was you like, doing? Tap, 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 tap. He was like, just tap. tap. Oh my god! First of all, let's uh, let's talk Gross. about the fact that his arm shouldn't have been around her. Like, he could have totally like could, look. Just I'm, at a I, I, I present my elbow when I don't want be touched mm mm-hmm. Here you all have this elbow. Mm-hmm. He I, I don't see what was the reason of him even ha- even if his he thought his hand was around her waist, why? Being gross. Exactly. That is it. Exactly. He had no other purpose other than and then to say and he oh, I thought you was your last name. I thought you were an item on the Taco Bell menu. Like yeah. Ignorance. What is going on? <laughs> we'll talk more about this sheer ignorance. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, I mean shout out to, to a dude he's, he's kind of like, he's a comedian but he's also a, a really good rapper. As of right now mm-hmm. um, he's known for his voiceovers on Instagram Um, his name is Street Talk, you can follow him, street underscore talk, he's hilarious mm-hmm. but basically he did a voiceover of this situation and he was acting like he was the preacher and saying how he was saying very sexually explicit stuff so if you get offended easily don't go follow him but it's hilarious. He was saying exactly what everyone was thinking about this man's kind of lusting over Ariana Grande at that moment. Like it was just disgusting. It was gross. I hated it. Every time I see the video it makes me feel it makes me creep or uncomfortable. Because that's, for that's her. how I feel about old men. Like so many women can relate to that experience where there is an older gentleman or something or somebody who is, I guess, maybe like someone you should be like there's maybe some like reverence there or some deference. And so you're trying to be respectful all the while. This dude is like being inappropriate or kind of making you feel uncomfortable, but in order to keep the peace and not cause a scene, you just trying to back away and, you know, ha, 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 yeah, and all that kind yeah. of stuff and all that and they steady trying to get close to you at this point, I no, I don't care. Punch him in the face like that is literally and I mean, I'm not an advocate for violence, but I, just step I, on his toes. If you don't want to punch him in the face. I mean, I, I would I can see how that kind of situation can catch you off guard. But, ladies, there's a way to have a man not touch you. Well, and I think we just... It's a, it's a shame that you have to, like, be conscientious of it and actually, like, think that this might happen. But when someone comes in and they look like they want to be closer to me than I would like, I always turn the body and give a hand. Yeah, but, I mean, even if you... Because, like, I think, too, we have to be so careful when we're, like, telling women how to avoid situations. Because... I'm not saying blame them. Oh, yeah. No, not, not saying that you're blaming them. But I'm saying, like, it's it's just... It's so sad that it's, like, this is how you avoid getting felt up on. Or this is how... This is what you should do. Because no one is bothering to tell the nasty nigga over here how to practice restraint. I think someone should tell the nasty nigga they, how to practice, protect, to. to practice restraint. They ought if to. If not you. Yeah, like, just... I'm I mean, always doing it. I'm just... You're old enough. Yes, father... Yes, uncle. (laughs) Uncle. Sir, sir, don't make me put you in a nursing home. Like, you are old enough to be my granddad. It's just gross. No, sir. So, yeah, no, that dude was totally out of line. Yeah, but still, like, when it comes to my body, that's for young dudes as well. So, I'm not just saying older men. Men in general, when it comes to people having access to my body, I am very assertive in terms of placing my body in a, in a position that shows you that you will not touch me yeah like just i mean and and for men if, if if we have any guys listening to this keep your motherfucking hands to yourself if you see that consent has not been given if you're seeing the body language is telling you to back the fuck up and for him to say, oh, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> give, I gotta give you a hug. Why? 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 See, all right. We spent too I much time got, on this. Cause I guess right. I'm getting angry. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta give you a hug. So, but. So, but some people were saying, let me say this. Some people were saying that her outfit was a little revealing. What are your thoughts on, should she have been a little bit more modest at the front of her? So- <laughs> You gonna have to explain to me what is the furner, but um yeah no I think that uh, as far as where she was I would have I would have said yeah longer skirt would have been appropriate and it, and what made me like would feel like this is okay to say about certain things I think about the time when I went to a mosque. Mm -hmm. Um, in our first year of our program, we were doing a cultural excursion and a classmate and I went to a mosque and sure, we're not, um... Muslim. However, we wanted to respect that space. And so guess what we did? We took off our shoes and we wore um, scarves on our heads. Yeah. And so to, told that, hey, you know what? You don't even have to worry about that. You don't have to wear a scarf on your head. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I went in with the idea that I'm not sure, but I want to learn or I want to, you know, so respect the space. So sometimes it's like, okay, to be like, you know what, dude, just for in so here. So what, what you're saying is that in the church, yeah, there's like just there's a, just there's a culture. The of modesty. Yeah, and so like just to honor that space because that's the way they practice for you know, I think wearing a longer skirt's not too much to ask. Mm. I would have I would have like said, "Hey sis, maybe like give it give it 4 more inches." And I, mean, I think that would have been fine. Yeah, cuz we can talk about like in our New Orleans churches, I mean probably churches across the oh, United States. Everywhere. women with the with the club dresses at the sure, they got plenty of people who wake up and put on the same body kind they wore the body kind <laughs> I mean you know it happens, but Snatched I think too, at the church. this is not just like a oh well women should this, that, and the third. I think that as far as like the length of her skirt, yeah, sure, just wear something longer, but this also is not uh you know like women need to dress a certain way because men can't handle themselves. Check yourself at the door, sir. mhm, check yourself because I think it gets blurry. <laughs> It, i think the line gets blurry i mean this is this is shit this could be our, our our topic of the day next week we can dive into that but yeah. um what about the eulogy the eulogy was trash i don't the, remember it it was it was given by jasper williams jr and mm. it was just a patriarchal misogynistic anti-black pile of raccoon dung like it was just a mess and i sat there in front of the tv with my jaw on the floor thinking how did we come from such a wonderful place uh, with all these people singing us up to glory and then this dude gonna come up here and basically criticize single mothers and um say that whole you know black lives don't matter until like that respectability politic bs i i was just damn. floored I was floored. Black lives don't matter unless we learn to respect ourselves if y'all don't give that up bruh y'all gonna be miserable for the rest of your lives because me personally i learned along the way again i talked about my little woke journey and whatnot i learned that i don't want to be bound to the white gaze i don't want every move that I make to be a representation of my people as a whole. You know, Mm. I'm not the spokesperson for black people when I'm in a room, like when I'm the only one in the room full of white people. I don't want that. That ain't me. So when we talk about, oh, don't do this, or they won't respect us, oh, they don't... When they do things, when they have school shooters, and when they have people doing, like, serial killers and things, do we suddenly... Say, or do you hear white folks telling each other, Man, I can't believe that that one person is going to make us all look bad. Damn, now black people won't respect us, right? Now, see, you see how silly that sounds, but that that people of color <laughs> think about that all the time. That's always an issue for people, of it's color. internalized anti blackness, and it literally is something we have to rewire in ourselves because yeah. everybody now who is kind of on this you know trying to be more conscious and trying to be more um, in tune with things that are going on and whatnot most of us I'd like to say started from a space where we were definitely embodying a lot of the things that we reject now it's a, it was a process anti-blackness is global and we have to watch ourselves sometimes when we, you know, accidentally perpetrate it. Now, like when we, when we're doing it and we perpetuate it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we have to be conscious of that. So yeah, no, that it was gets, it. Gets tough, especially in our field. Um, you know, we get people from all walks of life, but I find myself, especially when we get certain black people, um, well, black people, not certain black people. When we get black people into the office, you know, I, I look at, um. I notice vernacular, you know, mm-hmm. even though like I have my New Orleans accent, you know, I still speak a certain way. And so I notice vernacular and I notice myself saying like wondering about um, their background. And I have to check myself a lot mm-hmm. all the time to basically say, no, you're not going to make a judgment. No, you're not going to think to yourself that this person has to speak a certain way in a mm-hmm. certain environment. No, you're not going to do that. Mm hmm. I mean, that is definitely something that we have to be very conscious of as we just go forward because we've been taught that everything about blackness is wrong or backwards or problematic Mm -hmm. all sorts of things and even still to this day because we're going to talk about nikki and cardi Mm -hmm. we're going to get there we will get there but just to kind of briefly touch upon it really quickly a lot of people of course are thinking oh my gosh how you acting up in front of all these white people at these white people nice fancy party and these white people nice fancy dress and it's like and someone said that um People love um, hood aesthetic. They love everything about the hood until, like, it's, like, real hood hood shit. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just you want to claim it when it's cute. And
1: -hmm. that doesn't
0: make you any better than other people um, who want to claim pieces of blackness for the simple fact that it looks cool right now until it's, like, some real shit. Yeah. But, um... And one of my sorrows said this really cool uh, thing as well, too, which it's like it's not just suburban black people or middle-class black people who internalize anti-black kind of ideas and respectability. It's also people who are from the hood who internalize anti-blackness and respectability because, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm not like the rest of them hood niggas. I'm not I. But you, you know, you live down the street from the trap, you know? Like, but you want to separate yourself from Literally. Literally. My mom grew up in the projects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which means that my mom's mother raised them in the projects, and so did my mother's mother. You know, they all grew up in the Cali. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, my great grandmother, had what like ten, twelve kids, something like that. Um, and when my mom started growing up, my grandmother separated herself from a lot of her sisters and brothers and. A lot of my mom's cousins Mm -hmm. because of who they were, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. as if she had not grown up in the projects. Right. And my grandmother can relate to that in a way, too, where it was just her whole drive was to make sure that, you know, her family was gonna have it different Mm -hmm. my grandfather as well well they worked their asses off to make sure that they got us into a a certain neighborhood certain space allowed us to be able to go to this that and the third and whatnot because they wanted to you know separate from that and there's times too where um you just catch it like she it just slip out some like some shit and i'll just be like oh grandma no (laughs) (laughs) but you know and i love it that that's my girl and i fight the world behind the but it, mm-hmm. you know like again that's stuff that was taught that's stuff that's passed down yeah. and we have to do the work to um get people to reject that yeah because otherwise it just keeps you know it's a vicious cycle and i don't want that for my kids anything that i do going forward in, in life is going to be I'm very intentional about dismantling any anti-black sentiments that I have in myself as well as checking other people right. who spout those sorts of things respectability and all that. So I was so glad when back to the funeral, which is... that's that's see how we got off yes, track. Back to, <laughs> yeah, back to this funeral, but the but I the, could talk about some blackness, yeah, in this funeral. But yeah, no the um the pastor, the bishop, or I'm not sure of his title, but um aretha franklin's family did come out and say that they were not very pleased with that eulogy and i'm so glad that they did, did. They? they did they did because he did a press conference um like i think maybe a day after and he was basically doubling down because the word had, had obviously gotten back to him that that eulogy was not really well received by right. the public and he's just you know standing in that message and i'm I'm so glad, too, that that kind of, you know, kind of juiced up the the dialogue that's already been happening, which, sidebar, haha, <laughs> sidebar, <Hey. laughs> Um, a lot of the things that we say, like, starting a dialogue, starting a dialogue, a lot of these conversations have been happening, it's just different things that happen that kind of bring it back up again or further conversation. Right. So, most times... Stuff that's happening, like if people try to, you know, like I want to start a dialogue, nigga, it's been started. <laughs> Welcome to the party. But anyway, so um, yeah, like the um, the um whole conversation about why millennials and Generation um Z, mm-hmm. that's the people behind us um why they aren't really interested in church anymore why are people falling off why don't they go back and a lot of it had to do with a, with the rhetoric that was coming out of that eulogy and said i reject mm. that entirely i don't do that i don't mm. and me personally i struggle with that too with with certain things about
1: you Aside know patriarchy other
0: and all that like it's I'm 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 the the older I get, the further away I get from a lot of patriarchal ideas that you know that were taught to me in church and at home and things like that. And so, like when I get married, I don't, I want to keep my last name. I don't want to change it. Oh, I definitely have. Will I mean we will have doctorates and uh, Black men got that. Oh yeah, sure. So like I'm I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. It's on. Long- sure. For sure, Doctor B and Doctor B. But what? So, <laughs> Oh my gosh! But um... Oh Lord! So what else do we one have? More, one more thing about blackness. Yeah. Um, Michael Eric Dyson. Oh, he's author, my favorite walking dictionary author, um, writer, professor, master Sternick. of vocabulary recording. The funeral from the pulpit. Well, he was recording. Recording. He had his phone, phone up, recording. They told The him. funeral. They t- from so the my pulpit. mom told me that they made an announcement that if your cell phone was seen, they would escort you out. And I saw a couple of cell phones, and I'm like, mm, I guess they couldn't really hold that rule down because they'd be especially when you're after- on the pulpit. <laughs> What's gonna come? The- <laughs> they gonna rush, the- rush the pulpit and drag him off. But I didn't um, know he was a preacher, though. That's one thing I didn't know. Wait, who? Michael. It said Michael Eric Dyson is a preacher. Since when? I don't know, girl. Oh,
1: but it, it my really it,
0: it 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 explains a lot about like when he talks about black culture and we talks about certain social political topics. How he speaks, he speaks like a preacher. Okay, so he's a good orator. Which, okay. Yes. If yes. you are a um person who speaks very well and well as in not necessarily like grammatically correct but you just have something about your voice that draws people in and all yes. that and you're really good with kind of putting things together and delivering a message yes you are a good orator yes he is and so i always enjoy listening to him speak because a i learn a new vocabulary word every time and b <laughs> he's just very captivating. The ponderance of the like he he I, I think I probably Because I keep a list of new vocabulary words on my phone She does and it's really long It's really long I'm it, like my gosh And so And I haven't used them all yet In like my regular day to day conversations But I love adding new words So Oh yeah Michael Eric Dyson is like the king of Of really fancy words Yes He's but, the SAT Uh, <laughs> He was up there on that pulpit Nigga down With mm-hmm. his phone up and people were upset about it. Shame on him. <laughs> shame, shame, shame. But why don't we go ahead and take a break and then we're going to come back and cover everything else because we spent this whole first 30 minutes on Aretha and this funeral. But we got, we got sidetracked. We did. But we at did. the same time, I, there's only one last point I want to make before we move on. And it is that the minister Farrakhan was there and he was enjoying every bit of it. And so in appreciation of blackness, I want everybody to understand that as African-Americans, we share history, we share culture, no matter the directions that we go, okay? I was just tickled by his facial expressions the whole time. He just seemed so cheesy. He was having a great time. He was enjoying it. He was happy to be in that church. I'll tell you that. Somebody said that he was a few minutes from, away from being saved, but the but the service lasted too long. <laughs> he, lost, he, he Jesus was right there on his shoulder. And even Jesus was like, I'm tired, man. I'm, I'm out of here. I <laughs> we, uh, we, well, we, 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 got we other share, stuff to do. <laughs> we, we share a common history and background. And that's something that we need to assure that we don't forget. Cool, cool. All right, y'all. Let's go and take a little break, and we'll be right back. All right. All right. Okay, so now that we have lubricated our palettes, palettes, because we did a lot of talking... (laughs) Throats was getting pretty dry, so I'm parched. But so now let's get into the other stuff, cause um yeah, so much. So let's touch real quick on this Nike situation. My God. So Nike basically just shut the internet down for oh, a day. H. Because they said we're going to um put Colin Kaepernick on this billboard on this poster in this commercial, mm-hmm. and y'all are just gonna have to be mad mm-hmm. and you know what i I appreciate that, and so but before we get all like um into uh people burning their sneakers and shit, They're um there's this is this is one of those things. That's always like a conflict with me with consciousness and whatnot
1: uh-huh.
0: because of um, just you always have to be aware of everything that's going on around you. So while in the midst of all the excitement of Nike supporting Colin Kaepernick of Nike, you, you know, using him as the face of this campaign. Yes. There is still the issue of, of course, this is a very capitalist move. Mm -hmm. Talk about knowledge and awareness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nike knows their demographic And their demographic is Typically younger people Um, Young people who love Like sports and You know who gonna support the LeBron Shoes and the Jordans and all that kind of stuff That's right This isn't the first time that they've made a move like this before They know that Putting Colin as the face Of um, Nike right now Protects them it it's like it is definitely a good um financial move. Okay. Yes, so let's acknowledge that acknowledge when that. I say protects them protects their financial interests for sure. I mean like and not that Nike was ever suffering and not that Nike will ever suffer. I mean Nike has contracts with hundreds of different schools. Whether it be universities or high schools, those like top tier high schools, yeah. um, I mean, hell, when I played soccer uh in Gardendale, Alabama, we had all nike gear our our socks were Nike, our shorts were Nike, our jerseys were Nike, our bags were Nike, like we, we had Nike everything, so like Nike is covered, and their stock actually jumped, like it went down after the first day. But jumped, I think, 31% since all of this has gone down. So um that's what I'm saying. Gains are gains and losses are losses. So yeah, no, they they're they're always gonna be well and protected. But this was a very strategic move. And so I get that. But I'm still kind of like key keying because it's making so many racist people mad. So sure. It was definitely you know, like uh, we going we definitely gonna get the black dollar now. Or not even yeah. just the black dollar, like because I mean we they never not they never not didn't have like it, it was never an dollar. issue of them not but, having but our money. Nike definitely has uh you know a contract with the NFL. Yeah, and it's important to consider you know that that for Nike is financially secure. That yeah. contract um they renewed it the s- right like right yeah. before they announced the campaign yes yes and so while at the same time there's also an understanding that there is a lot of controversy between um there's a lot of controversy in the nfl that is political as it relates to people's rights and so to have that contract might compromise some of their other interests and so then to have both contracts with Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick, as well as the NFL. Oh, yeah. Double up. Exactly. Double up. So, yeah. No, they, I mean, every, every business move is done with the intentions of making more profit. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I get it. But, like I said, I still got immense amounts of joy from watching a man set his shoes on fire. That he bought. While they were still on his feet. That made me giggle. I cannot. And I can't take away the the joy that I felt in that moment I know that sounds really dark and macabre but <laughs> I mean like it's just it was it was funny so I mean anything that upsets people who support Donald Trump racist all that jazz gives me joy so um I get that and also there's the issue with Nike and how you know their products are made um are they still made in sweatshops That's are still is, issue are they still um you know Properly paying the workers who make the gear that we wear, and that is still an issue. That right. is still an issue. Right. So I think that it's just like a matter of sure, get your laughs, get your giggles but, in. But, but, and quite honestly, b- that still be is, aware. It's a capitalism issue. Yeah, like don't like know about this stuff, but also it's okay that you're in right now. Like get get your laughs in, get your giggles. Don't let don't let that necessarily take it away. Just just be conscious of it and move forward accordingly Mm -hmm. because there'll be some super woke folks who are just here to just shit on all of your all of your happiness right now with with this stuff and i'm definitely not trying to be that person i just want it to be where it's just like there's no shame in really kind of enjoying this moment right now because it's dope as fuck to be able to say that y'all tried it but, but, bitch. Uh, yes, because you that, thought. at, at, the, at so, the end of the day, whether this is like a, a financial business move or not for Nike, they are still behind a very important it. message. Yeah, like the, the the message still stands there, and to put yourself behind that, I mean, you could have chosen to not do it, and you you did. But again, demographics. Where are the young people? Where are the black people? Where, where do we stand on these issues? Right. And so to be silent on it could, could have been more of a financial risk than to be behind him. Right. So I, I, I totally think that um, this Nike move, which re- was really cool, and I'm not going to lie, um, once Kaepernick's line comes out, I will probably be purchasing a hoodie or mm, why a jersey, not? For I, sure. whatever. Like you know. F- How else do you show show support of someone? Yeah no, I would love to have a Kaepernick jersey, yeah. like, but not not his old jersey. I want whatever new Nike shit they got coming out. But I hope um, it's real fly because I I would like something. You would like? I mean, we can we can match. We can. We should go we, and we, we should shop something, and then we'll have a whole bunch of cognitive dissonance about where this came from. Duh! So, <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. Oh, we can never like win. We can never sleep. sleep. Shopper and I, I bought it because we needed to support Colin Kaepernick. Oh gosh. But um, all right. So yeah, no, I think that that's really dope, and Colin Kaepernick for life. Um, also while we are talking about purchasing um Nike stuff and purchasing Nike stock and all that kind of stuff, um, why not also support his organization he met his um million dollar uh promise or like he he where he was going to donate a million dollars to different organizations he met that and i think it would be totally dope if we were to match that we can awesome. do that we can do that in a in a day in a week like I think that that would be incredible because that money is getting poured back into the organizations that matter. So it's not just he's not just the face of um, this ad or the kneeling or anything like that. He he really walks the walk. It Bravo. ain't just talk. So if we can also stand behind him and support him in his efforts of doing the work in the communities where a lot of this police violence occurs. The work the work the work we should have the the work awards yeah but we should also have a segment we're gonna have we're gonna do that one day that's that's gonna be another topic as well with where do i fit in the movement because if you're not protesting or if you're not um working in a certain organization or if you're not you know like i think that that's some with a lot of people there's some kind of like Conflict and guilt and where do I fit and what if I'm not doing enough am I you know like we're gonna talk about all that we should have a guest if for you that just vote yeah like that kind of stuff we're gonna we're gonna flesh out we shouldn't I know exactly who we're, we're going to invite we're gonna reach out to her but anyway look at look at us no. we're having like, having a meeting in the middle this turned into a meeting uh, excuse us. okay but so yeah Nike that's that's pretty dope Um Bobby Brown had a, a two part. Bobby I love you I love you Bobby Bobby Brown had his biopic air on BT on last week I thoroughly enjoyed it it was in two parts Um, can I tell you how I watched it did you watch it backwards like I did watch like part two yes I did watch it backwards okay but how did you how did you watch on Facebook live Ooh, I love us for real. <laughs> that was so much fun. Because you know, you know, somebody was sitting in their mama house with their phone propped up in front of the TV. Baby, and like, it was cracking jokes. All my cousins who don't have cable, bitch, you not missing this. That's what she said, too. She said, this is for my people.
1: Yeah. We're doing the for- truck
0: drivers out there. People can't afford cable. I'm just doing my part. We're doing it for the culture. So. Okay. That's how I watched Aretha's funeral, too oh good live and direct the comments were awesome yes yes indeed but yeah no the bobby brown movie i enjoyed it i was not anticipating um quite as many like sex scenes in the beginning i thought yeah. like because bet is still like it's it was still early enough they the still a evening. little pg yeah like i was expecting that you know like it would give you like the yeah like this is happening or it's this is die. about to happen or this has or, happened or this has happened when no. they just they, they they show from the meeting to them in the bed yeah like how they finished. just do a little smooth transition yeah a little sexy music playing and then you just they already got the covers up under the end on uh-huh oh no Bobby was smacking some cheeks oh my gosh in the in the trailer and Jesus. I was watching this with my mother, and so I could no, not have been not. more grateful that she was looking down at her phone. But it, they showed it so many times, like all, 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 all I'm doing is just the, like it looking was like at my mom, smack and cheeks, pan over to this one, back to smack and cheeks, pan over to that one, back to. <laughs> That's you will just, not with this sound. and i'm just looking at my mom just like oh god <laughs> they were, you can really hear him smacking the cheeks but, Bola, I'm like, look up, but i was like oh my gosh you know bobby is is really you know like they the say body. we're gonna show you we're gonna show you the real the real and i'm like okay all right cool cool just i wish i would have known before my mom and i decided to sit down and watch this together but um speaking of clapping cheeks I did not know that Bobby was blowing out Janet's back. I didn't either. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? Cool. I mean, hey. Somebody <laughs> was saying that, that based upon the timeline, she had to have been married to the DeBarge at the time? Either she had been married or she was about to. Because remember, that, that was such like a low-key kind of thing still, yes. too. Yeah. So it wasn't like they had this big wedding or anything like that. Like, the whole DeBarge thing was even kind of sketched. Because it was like you know, they had the whole love child rumor and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like um Jan's got a whole thirty year old something child running around out here, like right. It was all it was all low key. So the whole Bobby thing, they I mean, but we're also that wasn't really in our time either we weren't we were either on our way to the world (laughs) like we were we weren't here yet okay so I mean we wouldn't know we have to google (laughs) everything so um but yeah Yeah. but you know what I didn't like though people were like oh my gosh how could Bobby have snagged Janet or whatever like that and my thing this what you know what brings me what this brings me back to is like when I see people post these like really mean memes about like it'll be somebody I guess who looks a certain way or maybe overweight and they'll be with a partner. Like they don't need the aesthetic of. Right. Like, Oh, they can get a man, but I can't. The general beauty. Right. Like standards. Yeah. And this is like, Oh dang, if they can get somebody, how can't I? Yeah. And I'm just like, so they don't deserve love into clap genitals like they don't oh <laughs> they they don't get to because they're a little heavier or they don't look like the standard of beauty or whatever so that just that just triggered me with that and so I was, yeah thinking, because that's that's basically what they're saying yeah like if you think about bobby brown like you would have to literally be thinking about who bobby brown is now and not even that. now like then like some people didn't think bobby was really that cute let me pull up a then, picture of bobby You know, Bobby just looks like your average guy. Like, Bobby looks like somebody you see walking down the street now and then. And so, I was just like, well, why couldn't he and Janet be throwing down? My mama said, Bobby must have been a Dixman and Bobby may have I mean if he was anywhere near um the the scenes like when they were when they were were directing these sex scenes I want to know what hand he played in it where he was like you know what yeah I had two chicks in the trailer one was bent over the table I was getting it in there and the other one was behind me sucking my balls from the back like it was Let just Let me tell you something and I was <laughs> it was just Listen to me. Uh, <laughs> Bobby wasn't... Bobby was just an average-looking average, average looking guy. I mean... Yes, he was. He yes, wasn't... He, he was an average-looking guy. He and beauty by is subjective. No means, he, by, he was by no means, in the, in the context of standards of beauty, mm-hmm. he was by no means ugly. Yeah. Okay? Um, okay. And then, besides that, you have to also consider this man was a star. Of course. He was course. an R&B star star and not only that in order to be an r&b star do you know what type of charisma that you have to have yeah. the, type, the level of personality that you have bobby had that is the swag. a match bobby had the swag that's a match and so All right? they they hit it off and they dated secretly and you know what um while people are thinking oh my gosh janet's gonna be so embarrassed um have y'all ever heard would you mind or discipline um in the thunder and rain i mean Excuse like me? are we not listening to janet moan over her track uh, like wait we... the, the end of would you mind okay so that's you're... how would be, be like whispering on the <laughs> on the tape. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you to leave the room. But like at the end of, would you mind? Like after she's moaning and they cut the track, she's like, "Aw, I didn't get to come. Did you?" Ma'am, do you didn't like y'all? Can't tell that me that was Janet. all she. Okay, y'all can't tell me Janet is embarrassed by any of this. Y'all embarrassed. Y'all exactly. embarrassed because for you for who you thought she was, okay. you wouldn't sleep with with him, Bobby. Maybe that. But anyway, oh, and what do you what did you think of their depiction of Whitney? Man, I was like, I would not have imagined the way that they depicted her was like she was really fucking mean. Actually yeah whitney whitney's documentary the one that was in the movie theater yeah which i didn't see it was really good and it revealed a lot and we got to see a lot more of whitney's personality and so some of those parts in the movie it was like okay yeah that that kind of lines up kind of like or you know like i I didn't imagine that she wouldn't have had That she would have had that poor of a character. And so, like, I think a lot of the poor character, too, thing kind of surrounded the whole, their issues with Bobby Christina. Now, did they overdo it or kind of make it look like Bobby was, like, the perfect parent or at least a parent who was trying more and Whitney was not? I think they did. Because, again, going back to that documentary, the people were talking about, yeah, no, both of them were fucking up. Both of them had you know because you can't excuse the fact that drugs was involved okay yeah they were drugs were in the house while bobby christina was in the house and both of y'all were doing them so no one is more at fault than the other both of y'all were down bad for that yeah but um yeah part one was really fun and and really um cute and crazy and a, a whole bunch of sexy time and all that and then part two came and had us all in our feelings everybody died and then oh gosh the whole funeral thing when bobby um brown's mother passed away and they had whitney singing at the funeral someone dug up the footage of whitney houston like singing at his, his... seriously so that scene where whitney was singing at the funeral somebody said hold my pause beer. pause and found the footage Somebody has, you know, was filming it on show their cell me that phone. after we be finished. Yeah, need to see I'm gonna it. run. I'm gonna run that by run you. Run me that. Cause I was like, oh, oh, y'all did in and, and oh goodness. And then when they did the scene from the reality show, bruh, they, they did kicks. perfect kicks. <laughs> They must have watched that several times and got that so right. So man, man, during that reality show, they was out of control. Yeah, I mean. You know, rest in peace, Bobby Christina. Rest in peace, Whitney. Rest in peace, Nathan. um, Bobby Brown credits his new wife with helping him get his life together. They dedicated a lot of time in that movie to her. But I guess Bobby was like, you know what? We don't talk about my current wife enough. We're always talking about me and Whitney. But I also have a new person in my life who um, I think is really important. So can we talk about her? And we dedicated a smooth, I think, 30 minutes or so like that last part to uh to alicia i think her name is Hmm. but um you know what i mean hey if if she was the one who kind of grabbed him up out of the the rubble and helped him put his life together more power to her i know that that can be such a demanding role when you're dealing with somebody who's gone through so much and has so much baggage and you choose to ride or die and stand by them in that more power to you sis because yeah. a lot of people can't say that they would. So and he seems Which... really happy, and he has two beautiful little kids with her as well. Very so good. I'm happy he's in a better space. But yeah, no, that movie, that movie was, it was wild. It was wild, but also I would like to say that BET. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, I don't know if you guys are kind of strapped financially or whatever the case may be. But the 15 different commercials in between it the was movie. A- Yes. I can't take it anymore. It's everything that y'all have got to have at least five commercials in between it. So something that would have only been two hours last four hours because of all the ads. Bruh. Do we need... Somebody to sponsor y'all. Like can we do something that cuts down the ads on BT cuz that is a deterrent. If I can't watch Baby Boy without having to be kind of just bombarded with commercials about McDonald's and everything else in between. I mean, come on. Come on. And also stop stop running shit 3 times in a row in a day. We we, we should work at BT. What are we going to do over there? We're going to help them get it together cuz I want BT to prosper. Cause right now they're on a good roll with the biopic and um with with you know they did really well with the new edition, um movie they they're doing well with the Bobby Brown movie to mm-hmm. my knowledge, but a lot of BET's programming like, it could be so much better. BET could be everything and more, that than what we would even ask for. But I don't know who's at the top making the decisions about hey, you know what? We're going to run the Browns for seven hours straight on Sunday like y'all can't come up with a good TV show to put in there. Come yeah. on now. Nah. We got too many talented people out here really that can make it I don't know how TV works. I'm going to look into it so I can speak more on this. Okay. And we'll see what BET really needs to be doing over here. Gotcha. And how they get to be in this position at the end. Um, They definitely do have new management. One thing I did want to ask really quickly, Bobby Brown, last couple of things. Did um, did you find that the actors for the Bobby Brown biopic in comparison to the Whitney biopic were better? Which Whitney biopic? The Whitney story. Which Whitney story? You just said Whitney had a story. It was a literal um biography. Oh, um, I didn't see it. <laughs> Never mind. What did you think about the acting then? Oh, the acting? No, I think everybody did a good job. Yeah. I, I love, um, I forgot, I think it's Gabrielle. Um, but I forgot her last name, but she was on the game. Um, she was the one who got, uh, I forgot her name, but she was on the game and she was the one who got pregnant by Derwin. Okay. Oh, yes. I, yes. Mm-hmm. We should know her name, but we don't. We should don't. know her name, but I love That's her. Trash. She's beautiful. We're trash. So, right, um, last thing. Nikki and Cardi. Wait, before we go there, you have to give me a moment okay what a second a second with what who directed the bobby brown biopic i don't know kill adrian scott he's from new orleans okay thank you ma'am all right gotta shout out our city where we can shout and, him out shout him out um he is the brother of christian scott who is a famous trumpeter he's a famous musician here oh so, neat there you go little That's factoids little factoids you didn't i got know. to shout out new orleans where i can of oh. course all right, moving on. Nikki and Cardi. Cardi. Cardi B is a real deal, like, trill ass bitch. <laughs> like, she, when she says she's, like, gonna fight you on site, on site really means on site. Like, she don't care where she is. Yeah. She was in this party. What was it? It was Harper's Bazaar's Icons party. And, um, while Christina Aguilera is upstairs performing, um, Fighter, her song Fighter. And somebody, and somebody pointed this out. Like, so while Christina Aguilera is up there singing Fighter, Cardi is really downstairs trying to fight. <laughs> right. So, basically, this is a story that I seem to have gotten from all this. Someone made a comment in regards to Cardi B's motherhood. Um... I think the comment was or what the what happened was it was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Kodak Black recently got out of prison. She said, Welcome home, Kodak Black. Someone retweeted her retweet with a comment along the lines of How could you be welcoming like a rapist home? Which Kodak Black, I think he is told trash and that's why he is um uh, been tied up in some litigation, among other things. And so, uh, apparently Nicki Minaj liked that Uh. tweets and then things spiraled out of control (laughs) can we really expect for cardi b to have been up to date on why this man went to jail in the first place fucking right i mean she's on instagram and twitter and all that almost as much as we are yeah we 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 be trying to tell her to get off and go and enjoy life you too famous to be interacting with us <laughs> but i mean but like I'm just like how she get how how did she get to be like welcome home like does she know this nigga for real for real no i mean but you know celebrities and stuff like that once you once you're a celebrity all of a sudden all y'all become like friends and famous it's like you're in a fraternity of sorts that you're in this like the big boys club and so other famous people y'all connect because you famous i'm famous you rap i rap boom you know so um and I'm sure there's more than enough people who were probably like welcome home Kodak but the point is that she took that as a slight against her motherhood or you know like Nikki liking that was just the straw that broke the camel's back and so she was trying to break Nikki's back but not in the way um, that we like our backs broken yeah so So, um... let, let me give this girl the benefit of the doubt okay Um, apparently, she sampled him on one of her songs. Cardi? Yes, on Kodak Yellow. She sampled sampled Kodak Black. Mm -hmm. Um, and so maybe it was just like a courtesy. Yeah, I mean, I don't care why she did it. I personally don't really care for Kodak because of the whole rapist thing. Of course. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just... All I know is that there's been tension between she and Nikki. At first, it seemed like that was stuff that fans were talking about and they really didn't care about each other. But then over time, it became um, like a real deal like, oh, there might actually be some beef. And then it all boiled over at this party where the story is because you see the video, but we don't see what act, like where it who, really began. Who and what began. and where. All I know is that um people are saying that Ra Ali, yeah who is, I guess, Nicki Minaj's friend. But if I'm not mistaken, oh. when I was watching Love and Hip Hop, she was Remy Ma's best friend. Exactly. And they were planning her wedding but they together. But they did have a fight, though. But I thought they recovered from that. Did they not? They well, couldn't have. Couldn't have. They With must- this, <laughs> you can't be close to one and then... But, yeah, no, apparently Ra Ali is a part of Nicki Minaj's Traitor. security. Yeah, she's a traitor. She's or not even a tra- like she just, just you literally would be a traitor if you did that. Yeah, no, I mean like she that's just bummy. Like that's just high I don't know. I don't like that. Is that um thirsty? It might she be might a be. Thirsty. I mean, because she has no claim to fame other than being on reality TV and being within proximity of other women who are more famous than she is, yeah. and she's and not even famous. Because I really like her. You know, like Riley probably has a couple more things that I don't know that she's done or whatever like that. But still, the only thing I really know about her is that she was throwing hands at P Diddy's party last year with um who was she fighting? Girl, I can't even remember who it was, but she was trying to fight then too. But anyway, she's a fighter. Yeah, no, Street she... Fighters. <laughs> ah my God. But She was instigating this apparently. And the next thing you know, Nick um Nicki Minaj is pressed up against the wall behind security. Cardi's trying to get at her. Cardi's shoe Cardi's shoe goes flying. Um, she's like, Bitch, come here. And Nicki Minaj is like, No, I'm gonna stay right here and it's just it was a mess it was a mess um poor cardi had a a lump the size of a golf ball on her God. eyebrow and see this is why you uh, this i can't but you I'm know who caused to. it though apparently, The security right the security they they apparently there was a plan in place that if cardi b were to approach her they would already kind of have like you know, like, they have a what they're going to do in place. And Cardi got close and a, and a, and a security guard and got bumped on a damn knee. Bopped an eyebrow, I guess, and everything just went to shit from that point. So, a lot of people are just like, oh, my gosh, why would you do that there? And there's a place and a time, while other people are like, on-site is on-site. And I said that. You know, I said what I said. so. Bruh. I mean, there's this, like I mentioned earlier in our last segment, there's this really interesting conversation going on around like, y'all love uh hood people only during this and that, but y'all don't really love hood people. And it goes because back to- Because guess what? People really would have loved to imagine that all that fighting that Cardi B was doing on that reality TV show was scripted. Would but- they? They people would love to believe that that all of that stuff is scripted, like Jerry Springer. Well, no, it is but, scripted. All of all of it is scripted, except like so. What they do, like with the reality shows, like with Love and Hip Hop, is that they instigate those fights. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by that. When you go on Jerry Springer and stuff, yeah, those all fights aren't real. Yeah, but no, like they really be like throwing bows on a lot of these reality shows. Yeah. But it's pr- they, the producers they be fighting, uh, like behind the scenes people that push them to, to, do, to do, that. do that right and so what i'm saying is y- people expect that she's really maybe not like that for oh, real no. in real life but it's like no she pops off for real who thought that she didn't most people that i've encountered have always thought that cardi b is really a hood chick like straight up but some i think some people really like to believe that a lot of that was for tv yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've, I've definitely believed that 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 was like she, she meant it when she said that I'm really a regular schmegula chick from the Bronx. Like, her videos beforehand, before she became famous, it's just like, yep, she is the exact same person. Nothing has changed. So, um, this this fight though, it wasn't really much of a fight. It was more trying to get a fight started. And it never popped off, and I know a lot of people were saying, "Oh goodness, like this is this looks bad and blah blah blah." Which, my opinion, is that I wouldn't have fought her there, cause you didn't get to fight. I wouldn't have fought her there because I'm in this beautiful gown, beautiful gown. And Charlotte you America. can't fight, like you. That's my thing. And I mean, you yeah, can't fight. You can't really fight there like that. There's so So you much get to... yourself all riled up. So much security. to go sit down so, with your knot on your head and pick up your ice pack and you just hold it. The police That's are That's all you can do at that point and have a drink. Like, it's just, it wasn't, I don't know how, I mean, and then it was in the moment. So you can't really, but me personally, I'm not going to fight anybody unless I'm in danger or unless, you know, like I'm Definitely fighting. Definitely self-defense. Fighting behind my mama, my little brother, my father, like my future offspring who are not here yet. I would like <laughs> to think that I'm not a fighter. Yeah, like I'm chill. It takes a lot. To get me to a point where I want to put hands on you, extreme anger. Extreme anger. Like you, you can say anything. You can't really phase me. You know, like you can, you can try it and all that. Except there's this one. Like so, like when I say like I fight for my mom, there's one time that I got in a fight when I was like thirteen, and these people were making fun of how I talked, Uh and they were just saying, you know, you talk like a white girl and blah blah blah, um, a couple black chicks, and I was just like heard that before can't really you know like phase me there um and then as we were kind of walking away um because it was myself and two other people because we had gone to the park to go and look for something that the one of the girls had lost um or whatever because we were there earlier and so we're walking away and then the girl says something about my mom and god only knows what she said but all of the formalities and grammatical correctness left my body and i said come say it to my face <laughs> and that was and then they just we, it was just a little and so they came to say it to your face well she came to say it to my face and then her two little cousins tried to jump in before i got my ass jumped the little security guard at the park came and broke it up or whatever and i was a little feisty motherfucker as soon as i caught you my breath i tried now. to jump back at her you are still feisty. but um i'm a little feisty yeah. But again, it takes I, a lot to fight me fight. For give me, me fight. for me it's always been like words words don't hurt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if you hit me I'm I'm it's I'm ready. Which if you haven't, which I'm probably going to show like it. That, but I it just it's what? like um I'm almost uncontrollable a little bit when I get hit. Oh, see, and that's my thing, too. When I think about fighting people, we're adults now. We have a lot going for us right now yeah. as far as the degrees that we have, the degrees yes. that we're about to earn. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot looking, you know, that, that we're looking down the tunnel to get to. And imagine if one day you were out and about on bourbon, A Frenchman or whatever. And somebody decides to get in your face and they talking to you crazy for whatever reason. Something popped off. I will back off. I will try to my best to back up and back up and back up. Right. Like, could you imagine, like, all the stuff that you got riding for you and the next thing you know somebody get mad because, like, y'all fighting or whatever like that and then somebody won't pop in the song charge on you. Or something goes terribly wrong. It's mm-hmm. not like when we fighting when we were teenagers. No. And shit is like you know, it's all good because what you're gonna get a detention. You're gonna get suspended. Yeah. Oh well. No. When you like twenty eight in <laughs> 29 you fighting in the street and say something wrong you know something goes wrong whatever like that somebody bumped their head on the concrete and now you got a manslaughter charge on your hands shit <laughs> um, oh my god it's just that simple just see and that's why if I was they like they bumped their head on the concrete and now you got a manslaughter <laughs> charge look I'm Niggas serious are gentle you I'm got serious. to watch people and that's why I'm like you you are fragile as fuck you gotta bring me to a point where I, I'm a fight like you have to bring me to that point otherwise i'm not not fighting you for no stupid shit you can't say nothing i'm so good with words at this point like either i'm just gonna be totally ignore meaning like you're gonna get absolutely nothing out of me nothing Mm -hmm. or i'm gonna talk you down Mm -hmm. but if like in any case if either of those don't work that means that you have put your hands on me right that's not that's literally it so yeah, no, I think yeah, we we too grown for for that now unless it's it's called no one for. needs to fight, bro. No one needs to fight. But if you fight, but if you if you get down like that, I ain't mad at you. I do get it. I get it. I mean, it's a part of our culture. Fighting mm-hmm. is a part of our culture. My great grandmother literally used to send like my mom. If my mom, her cousins, any of them were getting teased, she'd be like, "You better not come in here." Mm-hmm. We fight. It happens. Yeah, and so Cardi, I'm just not a fighter. I ain't mad at you, girl. She was. Ta- if you felt some type of way, shit, you told us I from jump it. that that's the kind of chick that you are. That it, it's if there's a problem, I'll solve it. I just think that my uh, I think that the words don't. I mean that doesn't equate to fighting though. Oh, I mean that's but yeah, that was petty. It, it's but guess who went back to the next party the next night? Cardi so hey Hi. but all right y'all we have been talking for a long time this is a this episode is definitely gone over <laughs> so um last but not least you know rest in peace to mac miller for
1: mac sure. miller um rest in peace
0: And stop blaming Ariana Grande for his um, untimely death. Yeah, you can't blame your your happiness on someone else. You can't place your happiness within someone else. So um, don't be trash um, and leave her alone. But also, you know, this is a good time to... And when you're struggling. Yeah, talk to people about struggles like that. Seek help seek help mm-hmm. all right y'all we are out of here thanks for hanging with us we was Josin. we was Josin. later later